You're listening to an audio resource from Redemption Hill Church. This resource is not meant to be a replacement for participation at a local church, but an accessory to the care you're receiving from your own pastors. To learn more about Redemption Hill Church or to give to our ministry, visit redemptionhilldsm.org. The church has a screen problem, and we are here to talk to you about it. You're listening to Cornfield Theology. Hey everyone, Pastor Sean here, back at you with another Cornfield Theology Podcast, and it has been a while. Uh, before, before I explain that, my man Logan is back. Woot, your favorite guest. Woot, your favorite guest. Aren't you like co, co-podcaster? co Yeah, pretty much. What are you? I, I come Make up. up your mind. I'm like a co-podcaster, frequent guest. Frequent guest, okay. Favorite guest. Favorite, favorite guest. Wow. Favorite intern. There's a lot of people going to be upset about that. <laughs> favorite guest. Truth hurts. Truth hurts. Facts don't care about your feelings. Facts don't. I never heard that before. Yeah. Liar. <laughs> well, everyone, welcome. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Part of that is I had a very busy October. Uh, a couple reasons for that. One, every October is busy because it's leading up to a big denominational meeting, and I got some responsibilities, and I wanted to ensure I did those well. Also, uh, we just moved into a new location. Yep. That's a big deal for us, uh, especially being a church plant that has uh, been meandering wandering nomadic nomadic 11 places in 13 years obviously covid made it. 13 years or 13 three years <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> wow we've been uh, this is a lot longer than i thought yeah so uh obviously that has an effect on you but by god's grace um he sustained our church but uh and by god's grace too we got into a, a good rhythm here sunday morning 10 a.m. Uh, technically, we mean the Waukee School District here in the Des Moines Metro, but the school is in Urbandale, and you could probably throw a rock over into the other suburb, Clive. So it's kind of a weird mix. Yeah, it's weird. You have that big t- water tower that just says Urbandale. Yeah, and I like, know. Wait a second. Yeah, I know. This is a Waukee school. How does this work? But kind of fits our church, though. We're kind of demographically, mm-hmm. you know, Adel to Ankeny and everything in between. So, well, welcome. Thanks for uh, joining us. And, uh, we're back at it, man. I intention to kind of get back at the podcasting and the blogging. I got some blogs coming out. One I put out this week. Um, if you're any extra noise, we're actually podcasting in my house today. Not the not in the middle of the. Uh, well, technically, we're still in the middle of a cornfield. Yeah, there's a cornfield a, like in your yard. Yeah, but not at the milk house in the middle of the cornfield. Right. So if you hear my dog running around, he's just trying to find a comfortable spot. So, Logan, I think today we're going to talk about something that, that might be kind of controversial in light of our culture mm-hmm. and something, I mean, I think we both have been thinking about prior to 2020, but I think 2020, when many churches went online, yep, it really uh, heightened kind of the sensibilities of like, what do we, what is the church? Right. You know? Yeah. Because before that, it was like, uh, on, so we're going to be talking about online church spoilers. Yeah. Sorry. But uh, before that. Um, streaming a church service was more of like a, an optional thing. Yeah, totally. But then COVID hit and now it like for a while it was the thing. The like thing. you went to church, your only possibility of going quote unquote to church was, was online. Yeah. And we did that as short as possible Yeah, for the record, uh, which for reasons, which will, will be explained in this particular podcast. Uh, not because we were trying to be cavalier or irresponsible. I think we try to do be responsible in terms of gathering, but there's a, a particular principle that drove us. Um, regarding meeting in person in front of each other face to face, what do you think are the long term effects of 2020 in terms of this online church presence? And we've talked about this for a while. Uh, you know, we were on a texting thread with a couple of friends. Shout out to our friend Brooks in the Twin Cities and Eric in Philly. And like, I remember going, I have some very strong opinions on this. <laughs> Right, <laughs> which I'm going to hopefully temper here, but I remember being on this thread, being like, "This is not church." Yeah. What do you think some long-term effects are? Uh, Man, that I mean, I'm no expert, so it's going to be hard for me to. Not a know, sociologist, act, yeah. right? It's yeah, we're just <laughs> we're just a bunch of dudes with a couple of microphones, <laughs> right? The best, uh, the best way to do things, and um, but yeah, it's I'm not going to be an expert on this issue, but I I have a prediction that it's going to like many things in our culture right now polarize yeah. two different types of people. There's going to be people like you who are like, you experience this online church and you have a strong reaction to right. it of like, no, this is, this is not church. This is not how we should do it. Online church, screen preaching, even mm-hmm. if you're gathering. I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
we must do it this way. I think there's going to be another group of people that experience that online church um, and they just decide that's how they want to do it from now on yeah. where, where they won't meet in a physical church because there's a lot of upsides, you know, with, with uh, online preaching, such as just the convenience of it. Yeah. You no longer have to try and gather your, uh, you know, little ones, yeah. get them clothed and out the door to get to church at 10 a.m. Yeah, every parent knows that drill. Right. You can, you can gather them in five minutes, plop them in front of a TV. And... You don't have to take off your jams, man. You just, you're there. Right. Yeah. You no, no uh, Sunday dress anymore. Yeah. Um. So I think you can see some of that polarization happen. And I'm not saying it's going to be like everyone's going to go into those two camps. Mm-hmm. I just think that they're going to start becoming more prominent. That's my prediction. Again, yeah. Not an expert. Yeah. Now, for the record, it could be really clear here. I am not against leveraging technology as a pastor or as a church. Sure. I hope not. We're doing a podcast. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think, I think when, you know, COVID hit and now we're, I mean, we're talking a year and a half ago, everyone was like trying to figure out how to leverage technology just to keep their church together. And I, and I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. And we, we, there, there are some things that we've continued to use coming out of COVID uh, because technologically, uh, technology wise, because it's been good for our church. Yeah. And so we want to leverage it appropriately, but there also can be an extreme that you, that you referenced. I think even before talking about what is permissible and what is not, I think we need to lay some foundations here. Sure. And it's really asking the big question, what is the church? And and the reason why we actually have to step back and kind of lay these foundations is because, because you really can't talk about the particulars until you talk about some principles. Sure. You know, it's like, it's like talking about complementarianism. You really, you really shouldn't be talking about men and women in the church, men and women in the home, until you talk about some fundamental things regarding who people are and how God created them, right? So let, let's lay some foundations. So we read in Holy Scripture, there's clearly like a universal church and a local church. Mm-hmm. Uh, other terms would be like, you know, big C church, little C church, uh, invisible versus visible, right? Right. Things like that. I think what, what we're getting at when we use that kind of language is one... There are brothers and sisters in Christ who are not a part of our local church. Right. But they're scattered throughout the world, hopefully in other the, local churches. The state, yeah. the country. like Yeah. Um, the B- big C church is just every Christian. Right. You know, when you're talking about church history, you're talking about the church big C. Right. Following it rather yeah. than like an individual congregation. Yeah. So it's not a great point. Not even contemporary brothers and sisters in Christ, but we're, we're going back to church history. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, I think what we're, what we need to point out regarding that is that we're really dialing into little C church, like local church type stuff. Right. And then I'm going to, I'm going to table the language of visible versus invisible church, uh, because that's getting into some other things regarding what's in the local church. We're just going to table that, but let's just use the other categories for right now. Sure. We're talking about the local church and what, what we can, what we can, what can we say about the local church first? This is the obvious, but it's so important to remind ourselves. It's not a building, but it's a people. Right. Very con- uh, common sentiment, I think. In a, but important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how So as a person that is, uh, this, sorry, this is just coming up in my mind just yeah. now. As someone that has studied church history, do you think that would have been a sentiment that would have been prominence, you know, in the 1500s? No, no, because of the emphasis on the structure of, of a building. You, you, you went to this beautiful edifice of a building uh, to gather for worship. There was a much stronger emphasis on the location. I'm not saying they would say the people aren't the church as well. Right. But the two are tethered much closer together. Okay. So I but think, an, I think that has changed, uh, over the, over the centuries. Um, I don't, I don't know when exactly, probably the sentiment, not necessarily the theology, but the sentiment has changed in the last hundred years or so. Yeah. Especially, especially when you had kind of in the early 20th century traveling evangelists, tent meetings, in our day, we meet in an elementary school, right? Right. No one's no one's no one's looking at Radiant Elementary and being like, "That's the church." Like, <laughs> no. That's why we need flags. Yeah, I know. I know. That's a that's a school. We should and get a portable it. steeple <laughs> yeah. to just put on the top. So, so some things have changed regarding that. And one could argue, you know, is that good or bad? Or you know, that's another conversation for the day. But I think the sentiment is much different. Where where I think there's actually probably because the sentiment has changed, there's a much deeper understanding that the people of God, that, that, that God's church is the people. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a good shift in terms of mentality. Yeah. Also, sorry, I just threw that curve. I no, just that's popped helpful. in. No, that's really helpful. And actually it's a good question. Cause it makes me think of church history and the 
prominence of architecture in terms of the church buildings and the and this and the and the very the specifications of of church buildings um i think in particular during the gothic time but we digress so it's not a building it's a people but the church also takes on a specific shape Mm -hmm. talk about that a little bit like what does that mean yeah so i mean i think when we look to the i mean we specifically usually look to the new testament when it comes to the the shape of the church but there's some i'm going to argue in a little bit there's some carryover from from the old testament but go ahead absolutely but the main things that you see in the new testament is going to be church members so fit people individuals gathering together um you do see the presence of then leadership Within those gatherings of people, you right. see the elders who yep. are the under shepherds to Christ. Yep. You see deacons who are um, who I see as like the main servants of the church, um, and uh, you also see. Well, those are the three main areas. Yeah, right? I was like also see and nope, that's it. Yeah, and then and then obviously guests come to church and things like that. So a lot of these are carryovers from the Old Testament. Uh, like, for example, the New Testament writers, when all of a sudden making up new terminology, new mm-hmm. words, like you were a member of a synagogue, you know, right. and uh, there were, quote, elders in those synagogues, you know, synagogues really a development of the intertestamental period time mm-hmm. um, when when Israel was in, was in exile. And so we had these local churches or local synagogues, local communities, right, gathering mm-hmm. together. And then we get in the New Testament. We see we, we can go to First Timothy 3, Titus 1, Acts 20, Acts 6. I mean, tons of texts that kind of help us help explain the shape of a church in terms mm-hmm. of what it looks like. Right. And then part of the reason we go to it being a people and not a building is, you know, we might have these nice grand churches. Yeah. Uh, in our time, but for them, most of the time is meeting in a house, yeah, gathering together in a house, um, or or they would meet in the synagogue. Like it depended on the their own situation. Yeah, and if you're if you're listening and you're like, and you're like pro online, you might be like, you're making my case. Well, stick with me <laughs> for a minute here. I'm going to explain. We're going to explain more fully what it really means to be a local church. Mm-hmm. Um, but the shape truly matters, right? It is people not a building and there's specific uh, roles or offices within, within the church, mm-hmm. um, including church members. Uh, what is the purpose of the church? You know, I couch this in this idea of discipleship and mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew 28 comes to mind. Let me read that because when we talk about purpose, this particular text captures both discipleship growing in your relationship with God and mission going out and telling other people about the good news of the gospel Popular passage, always worth uh, restating. And Jesus said to, to his disciples, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. There's some missional components there, right? But that missional component includes discipleship making, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And there's more discipleship uh, going on here, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Jesus had commands. People always forget that. Uh, Jesus has a do this, don't do that. Uh, so teaching them and observe those commands and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Matthew 28 verses 18 and 20. So the local church is a place for Christians to grow in their relationship with God. Also at the same time being equipped to go and make disciples. That's really important. We're called to gather and scatter. So when we talk about the makeup of a local church and this um, online dynamic, you got to ask the questions, is this conducive for proper discipleship and mission. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll tease that out. Again, we're just laying some foundations before getting to the uh, the controversial stuff. So uh, what is the function of the church? Talk more about that here. Uh, first, uh, the preposition, you know you know the word for church, right? Ecclesia. Ecclesia. And the, the, the preposition there um, is ek, right? Ek. Yeah, out of. So we're called out of a sense of the world or whatever. It's pretty basic Greek 101. Very similar to how, you know, the Jews were a people that were called out of the surrounding yeah, nations. exile. I mean, I guess I have to go back and look at the uh, Septuagint to figure out if that's truly, you know, yeah, that the same act. But man. I love Septuagint. If you love it so much, you should just marry it. I should marry it. I kind of feel like every week I'm when I'm in the Old Testament, I'm, you know, doing my translations out of the Septuagint. Yeah. So anywho, we digress again. But uh, important to say the Ecclesia definitely has a, uh, a specific sense of what the people of God are. John Calvin said this. This is also uh, stated in the Heidelberg Confession of Faith. I think that was from 19, uh, 1560, if I'm not mistaken. But it says this, uh, wherever we see the word of God purely preached, 
and heard. That's important. So not only is somebody speaking, somebody's listening. Right. You can't just go to the forest right. and start preaching the word of God to the trees. Like right. people need to be there. Well, the squirrels are there. Uh-huh. Right. No. Right. And so uh, wherever they don't it's have preached souls. and heard. That's my hot take. <laughs> hot take of the day. They don't have souls. Uh, so preached and heard and the sacraments administered according to Christ's institution. There it is no doubt, Calvin says, a church exists. For Calvin, the sacraments were two, the Lord's Supper and baptism. Huge shift in the Reformation from what the Catholic Church was saying. So preached word, uh, preached word heard. Sacraments administered, baptism, Lord's Supper. There, if you have those elements, it's very basic, right? If you have those elements, there you have the church. The church. What do you think of that? Um, is Calvin wrong? I, I there's there's one more category. Some some people will add. Do you know what it'll be? Uh, what? Uh, church discipline. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've heard that. So that it'll be the you know the preached word, the sacraments, and church discipline. Right, because you want to get um, in there that going to church is not simply just showing up and leaving. Right. Um, there, there is part of part of discipleship is that relationship that you have with the leaders, and that does involve discipline when you're in sin. So, I think I would actually agree with that. But I, I think as a as a a very basic description of what the church is. I think I agree mostly with John Calvin Yeah, because we don't want to be so restrictive that, you know, you have the persecuted church, you know, right, you know, right. trying to, you know, if you get too specific, you accidentally cut them out. And I don't think it's wise to cut them out. Yeah. Um, hence why, for instance, where people not a building, right. If you're a persecuted church, you most likely do not have a church building. That's right. So uh, here's what our confession of faith says. As you know, we're a confessional church, part of a confessional denomination. Mm-hmm. And whenever I'm able to point out something in our confession of faith, I try to do that. It says this in 28.6. The members of these churches are saints by calling, visibly demonstrating, and evidencing in and by their profession and walking their obedience to the call of Christ. They willingly consent to walk together according to the appointment of Christ Giving, giving themselves up to the Lord and to one another by the will of God in professed subjection to the ordinances of the gospel. The assumption in Calvin's statement is that the church is gathering together mm-hmm. to participate in these various elements of the church, and our confession of faith is trying to capture that as well. Right. And not only there are these specific things going on, sacraments per se, but like we're doing it together. We're with one another, mm-hmm. right? So you and me sitting on the couch or in separate you know, living rooms, trying to do quote church right is not according to these definitions a gather right. church yeah i mean you in the new testament it's assumed that you're gathering together calvin assumes that you're gathering together yeah. our confession it's always a gathering so let's push back on that a little bit we read a really smart article um that i'll drop into the link below it's quite extensive if you got the patience for it. It's like 36 pages. Yeah, you read it. I read a quarter of it. And then I was like, wow, this is long. But but you I read stopped. enough to know one of the objections to that argument. Right. What was it? Um, that you can there. One of the objections was that there wasn't the category of the internet, you know, when John Calvin was writing, when Paul yeah. was writing, when Peter was writing. So they were just getting never the really, press going. <laughs> right. That can never really be taken account into the text. And there's certain things that we do now that's not necessarily in the uh, text that we'd still consider proper. Um, the article was arguing that with the Bible, you know, when when Paul was referencing the scriptures, it's scrolls. Well, we don't have scrolls; we have books, and even further than that, we have apps with the Bible. Right, and we would still say it's the Bible, and we'd still say it's proper read, read it electronically. Yeah, and so you can possibly extend that to being online. You are gathering just in a digital setting rather than a physical setting. Right. And the question becomes: Is that proper? Is that is that is that is it carrying on the sense of what we read in Holy Scripture? And really, that that is the center of the debate, right? So, it's worth mentioning Hebrews ten. Uh, this is a key text when you think about a local church, mm-hmm. and you think about just exactly what you mentioned. What is it? What is the sense of the text in terms of what it means to gather? And it says in Holy Scripture this: And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day, the day when Jesus comes back, drawing near. I tease out this passage. What are we, what are we seeing here? 
um, well, we are seeing a very clear command to gather. Right. Um, now, can I gather when we're watching a video and we're encouraging each other on the side thread? Mm-hmm. Well, it depends. That's something that we have to hash out. Yeah, right. Is that considered gathering? I would consider that as not gathering. Right. Because to me, that would be the same as, let's say, um, let's say me, um, uh, intern number two, Brooks, uh, who's no longer with our church. Yeah. So he, he dropped the two. <laughs> uh, but let's say me, him, you, and a few other a few others of our church decide to go ahead and stream uh, Matt Chandler. Sure. And we just text each other during the stream. Like, I think it's pretty obvious that that's not really the same as if we were to come together right. as you know a group of Christians to sit underneath Matt Chandler and actually be discipled by him. The sidebar chats on a video stream is the same thing really as just texting your friend during the church right, right. church service. And I don't I think there is categorically a difference from that to actually being physically present in the church. Yeah. You know, we're really getting into anthropology. Like what does it mean to be a human being and for a human being to interact with another human being? And so can those, like, again, going back to 2020 and and beyond and what COVID taught us is like personal interaction really matters. Like getting up, going to someone's house, having a meal right in front of them matters. Mm -hmm. Going to church, gathering matters. Mm -hmm. There's something about about the way God has created created us, mm-hmm. where being in the presence of another image bearer of God, another brother or sister in Christ, makes a difference. Right. Therefore, there are limitations in terms of the the bridge that technology can try to create. Like eventually, the bridge doesn't get all the way across; it stops. You driving your car, going to church at Sunday morning at ten a.m., reading elementary. Um, <laughs> finally 10 a.m. Yeah, instead, instead of 4. Instead of 4 p.m. Matters. Right. And uh, that gets down to, again, anthropology, how God created us, holistic beings. Right. You know, some people say, you know, my soul, like they, the focus is on my soul. No, no. God created you body, mind, and soul. And so moving your body <laughs> matters. Mm-hmm. Being present with other believers matters. Right. And I think if we were to try, let's, like trying to move this into the ancient context of what yeah. Paul was writing. Um, let's say there is a group of 10 people who call themselves a church and there's a pastor that goes to each one of their houses um, and preaches to them individually. And then afterwards, those people come together and sort of talk about it. Um, you know, since they don't have technology like ours, they can't do it all instantaneously. But I think it's quite similar to streaming a preacher because it's all individual. Right. And then trying to communicate via text or, or messaging online. I think Paul and Peter would have a problem with that because you are not actually gathering. Right. Like you might have seen the same sermon. Right. And you may be able to talk about the same sermon, but it's not the same. It's coming together as a local body to worship God. Yeah. You mentioned Matt Chandler and we took this from him in the intro of this particular podcast. Mm-hmm. And, and it goes on to all of our sermons basically saying like this resource is, is simply, I can't remember what it said, It's a supplement right, to your participation in a local church. Now, if we can bless you with this podcast or a sermon that's preached at Redemption Hill, great but it's not your local church. Right. Your local church is where you gather and when you're under the authority of a pastor who is preaching and who is present. We'll get into that a little bit later here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cuz that gets in a little bit more into the weeds. Yeah, well that gets in more into the what is the relationship Nuance, between pastor and, yeah. and chief or whatever, but we'll get there. Point being, there's something unique about the way God created a human being to interact with one another. So it's an argument from anthropology. Now we can make an argument from scripture re- regarding the presence of God. Now I, this article that I keep referencing, I've referenced a couple of times, talks about one of the arguments he's making, he's trying to get to is what does it mean for God to be present? Mm-hmm. And again, the, the crux of his article is trying to discern whether it's okay to do online church. And so he gives three levels that I find really helpful. Level one, God is present everywhere. He's omnipresent, right? Right. And so that's true. As Christians, we, we believe that. And so that'd be level one. Level two, takes up God takes up dwelling in a believer by the Holy Spirit. Right. Again, is that true? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're at level one and level two and you're watching online church, you know, from your living room, 
you, you, you believe these things and you, and you make your argument centered around level one and level two. God is omnipresent and by the power of the Holy Spirit, God is within me, right? And we can go to Ephesians 1 and parse that out, you know, in Christ and whatever else have you. Level three is really important. Again, he's getting this all from scripture. God takes up a dwelling among his people, the local church, where they gather. Mm-hmm. So he gets that from 1 Corinthians 3.16, 2 Corinthians 6.16, Ephesians 2, verses 21 to 22. Mm-hmm. And so there he's really talking about there's there's another sense in which God meets people. Right. It's when you gather I mean, together. Ephesians even describes the people each as individual bricks that right. are coming together to form the temple. Right. Or, or to form the church. Right. Um, which plays into that imagery of of not us individually as being just the your God just being with us individually, and us having His presence because we know our you know our bodies the temples of the Holy Spirit, but there is something unique when we gather and form a church. Yeah, no doubt. And and there's other indications in Scripture about the importance of gathering. Go back to Ephesians five. You know, what do we read in verses eighteen to twenty one? Uh, he begins, uh, Apostle Paul, do not get drunk on wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. And what's the activity of one who's in the Spirit? Addressing one another. Again, I, I can't imagine Paul be being like, you know, addressing one another while you're thousands of miles apart or hundreds of miles apart. No, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart. Give thanks always and everything to God the Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting mm-hmm. to one another mm-hmm. out of reverence for Christ. This kind of uh, ties into what Ryan preached to our church. Uh, how long ago was that? Oh, it's when we were at Westkirk. Yeah, Westkirk. Maybe a year ago, less than a year. Yeah. Three-fourths of a year. It's a great message on worship. Fantastic. So Ryan is our worship leader, for those that uh, do not know. Director of Corporate Worship. Boom. Yeah. Official titles. Yeah, we get official titles on Um. But he had an excellent sermon on on the purpose of it was a, it of, it was of a fantastic sermon. Mm-hmm. He sung; it was amazing. Yeah. That would never come from either one of us. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I can't sing and clap at the same time. No, I have to watch my wife's hands when she's clapping. I don't even bother looking at hands because really? I, I want to mean you just don't try. Yeah. Anyways, Ryan's sermon. Yeah, Ryan's sermon talking about the importance of worship and part of its uh, importance and purpose of worship. And part of the corporate gathering and singing together is its ability for us to really be singing to each other. Correct. As you know, a reminder of who God is, what he has done for us, his cross, the his, his greatness. Yeah. Like when we sing as a body, you know, we sh- should be thinking of each other and almost mm-hmm. singing to each other. You lose that when you're sitting at home on the couch. Yeah. You know, and oftentimes... Maybe this isn't all the case, but at least churches that I've seen stream, they cut out the actual worship section. Yeah, right. You know. Which even if you were to like do your own avatar and be like, we're going to sing to one another in this virtual world. Again, the argument for, of anthropology pushes back against that. Mm-hmm. The, the, again, the argument for anthropology, meaning we're body, mind, and soul. And, and God calls us in our body to be present with other believers in Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and the virtual does not go far enough. That bridge does not extend to the other side. Yeah. And not to say that the virtual reality isn't amazing. Like I own a VR headset. Yeah, you're I'm, really into the technology. I, yeah, I love technology. There is a barrier that exists. Yeah. You know, you you are putting up an extra barrier to that connection. With so let's person. even like distill that to a basic example. Is there a difference between us eating a meal together virtually, even over Zoom, or gathering in the same living room? Oh, absolutely. This is this is actually funny enough. Yesterday was Thanksgiving. Yeah. Kennedy was um your wife Kennedy. My wife Kennedy. Uh she was basically FaceTiming, not really cuz it's Android, but whatever. <laughs> the better and superior phone. <laughs> Don't at me. Uh Please add him. <laughs> <laughs> but she was FaceTiming her parents while they were having their Thanksgiving breakfast. Sure, yeah. While she was preparing our Thanksgiving meal that was going to take place later in the day. It's it's not the same. No, it's not. Like, yeah, she's there and she can interact with people and it's it's better than nothing. Yeah, totally. It's not the same as love, sitting with yeah, them and I sharing love technology. the meal. My kids get to interact. I mean, go back to COVID. Mm-hmm. The fact that my kids could FaceTime their grandparents mm-hmm. when rightly so, they were really reluctant to meet with people due to COVID. Right. 
right? Totally get it. It's before the vaccines came out, all that kind of stuff. They were the highest risk factor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My parents are older or whatever. It was awesome for them to do that. So so we're not hating on technology. But but if but if there's limitations, like what we were explaining with, with Kennedy and her example with her parents, how much more shouldn't we see those limitations within the church? Mm-hmm. Like you just talk about something that's benign and basic, right? Just preparing for a meal. But now we're talking about God's people gathering together and all of a sudden we want to be like, yeah, it's okay. Like, you kidding me? Yeah, we need to take seriously, like, we are worshiping God. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it's not a small thing that we are doing. Totally. We are coming to worship the creator of Corporately the universe. Corporately coming together, yeah. Corporately coming together to cr- worship the creator of the universe, the sustainer of our lives, and the savior of our soul. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we want to we want to distill this down to just looking at a screen. Are you kidding me? Now, this is the fired up that I kind of get now that we're getting into a little more. <laughs> It's a, it's a I want to be careful because you know the home online thing really got some people through COVID. One of my fears is that a lot of folks who've who've done the online thing, uh, a couple of things are taking place. One, they're not getting they're not they're not getting back. Two, they're not even doing the online thing anymore. You know they did it and mm. now they just stopped because it's easy to stop. It's convenient to just stop and sleep in on your Sunday. Morning. Oh yeah. Cause it, it starts with, okay, I'm just going to stream this at 10. Okay. And then it, it's a little bit of a slippery slope, slope fallacy, but it can easily go from, okay, I'm just going to stream this at 10 rather than going into church. Cause it's COVID. Yeah. COVID is on. Well, I really like streaming it in cause I got to sleep in a bit more. Yeah. And then it comes to, uh, I'll watch it later. Like it's going to be recorded. So I have the opportunity to watch it later. I'm, I'm busy now. I'm trying to prepare a brunch or maybe there's a game going on and then watching it later just turns into not watching it at all. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. It might be a slippery slope fallacy, but you know what it also is? It's called the human condition. <laughs> you know, honestly, we all know that about ourselves. Oh yeah. You know? So it's like, yeah, you can call it a fallacy, but I'm going to call it reality. Like I have been trying to diet and, uh, the diet's not been going recently. That's because it's a lifestyle well change, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like, <laughs> you know, you, you go really hard and I went really hard for three months. Yeah. You lost a lot of weight. I saw progress. Yeah. It's starting to come back because one day I was like, I've been going really hard. I'll let myself have this one little treat. And that one little treat becomes more common. Yeah. Like sure. it's, we know it happens. Yeah, exactly. No, it's a great example, man. That's totally uh, how the human nature goes. Human nature is not good at self-control. You right. can see it in Genesis 3. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can see it. You can see Paul talking about it nonstop in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. Excuse me. He's always talking about self-control. It's, that's one of the fruits of the Spirit. So, mm-hmm. all right. So, we are already delving into it. Let's ask this question, Logan. What is not the church? We already kind of stated it, but that was mixed in with talking about what is the church. Let's just be very clear about what the church is not. Right. What do you think? Um, the church is not... Hmm, trying to phrase this well. Don't want to start fires. Well, I'll, it's... Go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, it's not just a gathering. Right. Um, so one, it's not just just worshiping the Lord. We do do that. That is an important part of it, but you can worship the Lord as an individual. Correct. So that's still not the church. It's not just gathering because we can come together and gather and have a potluck. You did that or, yesterday with friends, you know, other yeah. brothers and sisters in Christ for Thanksgiving. Wonderful. And it was, yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and it's not just coming together for a Bible study. You know, that's starting to get close because you're gathering. Spiritual purposes. You know, studying the word of God. But it, I think that, you know. It is coming together, gathering physically for the worship of the Lord mm. um, and and for our own discipline, discipleship, and edification. So when you start losing a lot of those different aspects, I think it ceases to become the church. Yeah, and this this gets back to what Calvin said, you know, what is the local church, the preaching and the hearing of God's word and the sacraments being administered. And then also the, we talk about the shape of the church, meaning mm-hmm. you have elders, deacons, church members, and mm-hmm. one would want to add that there's a, an element of church discipline that helps make up the church as well. And so when you gathered around your Thanksgiving meal yesterday, like, or any of those in play, mm-hmm. you know, eldership, nope, deacons, nope, church members, people of the same church. Uh, there was uh, four of us were of the same church. Yep, the other the, two were not. Well, yeah, so you get different churches, right? Mm-hmm. Technically being represented. And certainly, um, hopefully no one administered church discipline. 
<laughs> on each other during Thanksgiving meal. I was close. I got the dark meat. <laughs> <laughs> you said there was no elders. I was like, reluctantly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's not a gathered church. So why would we ever say that a bunch of people watching a screen, you know, 800 different you know, living rooms and 800 different TVs mm-hmm. be a gathered church? Right. Can we say that? I mean, I would disagree. Yeah. It's not it's not a true gathering. And I think I think, you know, when you even thinking back to COVID when you're having all those different screens and trying to connect people on Zoom, I have had so many contexts of Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. We have had church meetings. Yeah, totally. Um uh, production meetings. Yep. I've had meetings from work. I've had um meetings with friends. Um and none of those are the same yeah. as if we were to do them together. Right. Um, okay. No, I totally get that. I have to say about that. (laughs) So it's important. I think this is another element of why gathering together is important is that we're committed to one another as a local church. So I'm committed to you. You're Mm -hmm. committed to me. We're committed to each other's well being. We're committed to each other's uh, spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. Um, if life, if life takes a awkward turn, you, you know, a sideways turn and you're in a lot of pain or suffering. I'm there to help you and walk with you and pray with you. And I'm not even talking about just as your pastor. I'm just talking about as a brother in Christ. Now, right. certainly there's pastoral elements too, but point is, is that we're committed to one another. That does that, is that commitment different when you're not gathering? I think it certainly can be. I think it uh, is. I, yeah. I think it, yeah. It's like, it's like a difference between like, so for instance, if Ryan and I were to connect virtually, Mm. Um, you know, we're very close friends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we've of course met each other. Great brother. Yeah. Fantastic brother. Us meeting online uh and connecting online, I think some of that can happen. Certainly. But only because we've had the previous context of meeting with each other, and that's not the necessarily the primary way. Right. That that's supplemental way. Hey, I have no problem supplementing technology. That's great. Right. I have no problem leveraging it, but this podcast right now that we're doing together in front of each other, you know, feet away, looking at each other is much different than when you're looking on a Zoom call. Oh, yeah. Again, this is this is driving us back to anthropology. Once again, how God created us, body, mind, and soul matters, and how that gets worked out or flushed out in our everyday lives matters. How God made us has implications for our everyday life, especially in the local church. Um. The church does not gather in independent living rooms. Uh, the virtual church is not a gathered church. The virtual Agreed. church, in my opinion, as we kind of get to some conclusions on these topics, again, starting with foundational stuff, the virtual church is not a gathered church. Gathered. Gathered. <laughs> you're not gathering. Now, hey, if you're sick and you're like, hey, you know, COVID's still a thing, right? And you need to quarantine. Is it good to do church virtually for, you know, that time? Absolutely. Yeah, go for it. Great. So we're not knocking. It doesn't have a place. Yeah, we're, we're a bit repeating ourselves. But it's because we want to be clear and it's important. We never say that these things should never be used. We do see them as useful supplemental tools. Yeah. You know, um, an example of how much I feel it's important to gather, especially in relationship to the sacraments. When, when COVID initially shut everything down in 2020, Somebody in our church had asked me, hey, we're doing um, everything virtually. So basically the way we did it is that we pre-recorded the worship. We pre-recorded the sermon. Mm-hmm. And uh, we said everyone everyone to watch at 10. And then at 11, we would do a church Zoom call. Right. For a couple weeks. Maybe like six weeks or something. Yeah, somewhere along those lines. And then we started doing drive-in church in my house. Right. And then um, you know, someone had asked me, hey, can we do communion? during that time. And I'd never thought about it before. You know, never been put in that position where you're thinking through the, the uh, significance of doing communion virtually. And I said, no, I said, I said, no, because I felt like that particular, this particular sacrament is so sacred and it's meant to be done together with one another in the local church. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of just re highlights the importance of gathering same thing with baptism. You know, we've talked about baptism before. Not a big fan of kids getting baptized at youth camp. Not because I think baptism, I think people don't have good hearts. You know, I get that. But I think baptism is done with the church family, you know, done in the local church. Mm-hmm. 
And so um, you just want to get, once again, just re-highlighting the importance of gathering so that these particular sacraments are fleshed out. So let's get, let's get into another controversial topic. We've, we've, we've hammered on the online church thing. The YouTube streaming church. Yeah, Facebook Live, whatever else have you. And the good brothers and sisters in Christ may disagree with us, and we would respect that um, as, as fellow image bearers of God. What about gathering as a church, as a people? Sure. Even being members. Yep. But we're getting into, you're watching a screen. Someone's preaching to you from a screen. Satellite campus. Satellite campus. So my first experience with this satellite campus model, although it had been going on, but personal experiences when I was in the Twin Cities and Bethlehem Baptist had just gone toward the campus model. They had a North Campus, they had a South Campus, and Bethlehem Baptist, for the longest time, John Piper was the pastor of preaching mm-hmm. at Bethlehem, so he get piped in. To his credit, he would go around to different uh, these different satellites, I think once a month or something, and preach live. Right. And then he's getting piped back into the other places. Right. Is there a place for that? So I think this is getting a little bit harder. It's getting a little bit more nuanced. Yeah. Because some of the things that we had a problem with um, of the pure online church is getting solved. Right. Because you have people physically gathering. Correct. Um, and usually before the sermon starts, you are having each individual's church, at least in my experience, I've had this where each church has their own band and you are actually worshiping together. It's not a virtual band. It's a physical yeah. band. Yeah, yeah. You are worshiping the Lord together. And they have a song. campus pastor. There's usually a campus pastor. Yeah. Um, and so the major difference just becomes that that campus pastor is not the one that's preaching. So we're slightly shifting. I mean, the way to talk about this has to shift from, okay, the anthropology argument, although I'm going to make one here in a moment from a different perspective, but the anthropological argument of like us being together, you know, physically, mm-hmm. bodily, and um, the membership element, right? It's being shored up by gathering together. Uh, but still there's some limitations. And here here would be my argument um, against it. A couple arguments. One, the church needs less screens. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we need less screens to look at, more people to look at in terms of uh, interaction. Yeah. I, mean, I don't I like just I don't like the precedent that sets at all. Yeah. I mean, I think you see the negative aspects of screens just in our broader culture. Totally. You know, so reducing that in church, I think is good. 100%. So we, I mean, we use a projection for lyrics and, you know, some summary text, but that's about it for us, right? Yeah. Unless the, I'm on my phone. And what's that? Unless I'm on my phone. Unless you're on your phone. And you know what? I'll even say this about, yeah, I'm going to get a, talk to you about that later, man. <laughs> so now this is where we get back into that church discipline section. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, when guys read, so we have something called uh, corporate prayer and the public reading of scripture. Mm-hmm. After worship, somebody gets up, prays, and then reads the scripture. Uh, we're using it as a, I'm using it as a way to disciple guys. So generally speaking, it's a guy, although I have no problem with, with a lady doing that. Cause I read acts and I think there's, there's it's more inclusive than what we're led to believe um, by some. Uh, but what I always tell people is that read from God's word. Mm-hmm. Don't use a screen. Now, am I inherently against people using their phone to like read the scripture? No, not necessarily, but I am pushing back against the, uh, numerous uses of screens within a local church in little ways. And also I think there's symbolism, high symbolism of actually opening up a physical book. That is God's word. Now, do I use software like Logos, right? For sermon prep and all that kind of stuff. 100%. Is that on a screen? Yep. You bet. I'm just, uh, I'm just now picturing like a, a Logos like book form. Yeah, right. It's just like <laughs> Massive. 12 inches. It's <laughs> all, uh, so again, we're like, we're not saying, you know, throw all the screens away. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we're not doing a digital book burning. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Give me your phone. Throw it in the fire. <laughs> oh, oh. make a lot of people mad. Oh my goodness. If you want to treat them like children, like what schools would do is they just have a bin. Mm-hmm. When you can just, all right, put your phones in the bin. You'll get them after class. Yeah. Like, oh, that would take some people off. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I ain't going down that road. Right. But it is to say... We, we, I think it's appropriate to push back against the screens because yeah. we all know, every human being knows that it, the rabbit trail you can go on when you're sitting there listening to the sermon and you're like, oh, he told me to open up to 
James 3. So you open up to James 3 and oh, there's your Facebook feed. And yeah, why am I on Amazon? <laughs> You're going to Amazon, right? <laughs> or something, right? And so the distraction factor is so high. And so we want people to focus on worshiping God. And can we just be honest for a moment? When you're in that moment, when you get distracted from that, it's hard to get back into it, Mm -hmm. right? And so uh, it's important that we think well about how we use technology and screens. And that includes uh, watching someone preach. Mm -hmm. I'm pushing back against that. Now, here's one of the main reasons why I'm against it. Okay. It's the cult of personality. Yeah. And... There's a reason why they wanted John Piper to be, you know, streamed in. Right. He's a fantastic preacher. Now, well known, famous, famous books, you know, um, and a great preacher. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's times where well I go, gifted. Oh yeah, there's times where you know, growing up, you know, saved in my early twenties, I'd go to church at ten a.m. Then Bethlehem would have like a night thing, or they would have Saturday night, you know. Sure. So I just go just to hear him preach, and it was great, and I loved it, and I'm grateful for his ministry. But what does develop is that he becomes the guy. And I'm not even saying John Piper wanted it to be that way. No, I think I, I actually met John Piper. Yeah. And um, I he speci- it was, I think, on a panel, I think he mentioned that this is not necessarily what they wanted. Yeah. You know, they wanted individual preachers at those churches, but right. there wasn't anyone to preach. So that's why they were doing what well, they were doing. Well, I, th- I think my pushback against that is like there's nobody like John Piper to preach. That's fair. You know what I'm saying? I think that was more of the issue because a church like Bethlehem, they got men who can preach that are not John Piper. Just knowing the church throughout the years, mm-hmm. they're a guy, they've done a good job of raising up, you know, future leaders, setting out church planners, for example. They they could have had other guys preaching at those local churches. And, and part of it can be laid against maybe even the congregation, where the congregation maybe didn't want anyone besides John Piper right. to their own detriment. Yeah. Again, this is, this feeds into the cult of personality. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about these other, you know, um, was it tv.church.com or whatever or live church? Like it's a cult of personality. It's like that, I only can I only can hear from that guy, or he's the only one capable of preaching. Right. And I think John Piper did well not to abuse that sort of cult of personality, but it only takes one Mark Driscoll to really show the downsides a, yeah. of the oh, yeah, a ton cult of, of personality. Oh, yeah. I'm and just picking up the big names. Well, here's the deal. I got, there's, there's a lot of leaders who might ascribe to the satellite model who have good intentions. Mm-hmm. But what is not taken into account, perhaps, is that those who follow you don't have the same intentions. Yeah. Right? This idolization it's this. It's like only only he can truly preach the Bible. Right. He's so gifted. He's so talented. He's such a good communicator, Logan. I can hear. I cannot hear from anyone. That's horrible. Mm. And um, I think it also dismisses the idea that we need to be training up other men and raising them up to go and preach. Mm-hmm. And so not only do you have the cult of personality, but it, I think it pushes back against um, the training and equipping of men. Yeah, I mean, and connected to that, like, you know, if I'm streaming John Piper, even if I'm at a church and gathered with a bunch of people, he can't shepherd me. Yeah, he right. can't actually disciple me. I was besides just that, from yeah. that pulpit, you know, like one thing I, I do really like having small churches. Um, I do think that there gets a point when you get too big where the functions of the pastor can't be done adequate, adequately yeah, yeah. for each individual, you know, member, member of that yeah. church. Yep, yep. Um, I think that's true with really large churches and some of them might want to consider maybe paring down, you know, plant a church or whatever. You, know, yeah. you have 5,000 people want to have two churches that are 2,500. This gets even more difficult though, when not only are you big, but the pastor's on a screen at yeah. a different church. Yeah. Not even being in the same place, not even in the yeah. same place. You know, it. you know, people I've heard many people talk about how like, you know, they don't feel that connected at large churches or like, you know, totally. I love this. Um, I used to go to a church. It was very, you know, it was large, had about 6,000 people over a mm-hmm. weekend. Yeah, yeah. And I got the um, luxury of talking with the head pastor, but most people didn't. Yeah. I ended up just stopping him in the hall every now and again. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Because I had questions. I was a young Christian at the time. But like, there's plenty of people that don't actually interact with the head pastor. You just kind of dip in and dip yeah. out. Yeah. He preaches and leaves and then yeah. that's it. Yeah. I think there's a huge 
missing component to being a faster doing it that way. And it's worse with a streamed in pastor. Yeah. You've heard me say this before. The smell of the sheep is on the shepherd. The smell of the shepherd is on the sheep. Mm-hmm. It's a quote that I've taken from a commentary, Bruce Milne. And um, it's a great quote. And it really emphasizes the importance of the shepherd being with the sheep and the sheep being with the shepherd and the shepherd and the sheep knowing one another. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think it's very difficult when you start doing the satellite campus model or the screen preaching. And now the argument goes, we have a satellite pastor. Great. He's but a property manager. He's a property manager. No, no, no offense to all you satellite pastors out there, but that's true. Now, some satellite pastors, I think, do go the extra mile and do pour them their lives into yeah, that local counseling concert. and things like that. Yeah, yeah and yeah. take up some of those other things, but they do sometimes become just like a property manager. They're yeah. there to make sure that the building itself functions and that the and service that goes well. Goes, yeah, 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 but they're not actually the pastor. The pastor, and and one one could argue and push back and say, you know. On most elder staffs, you have one guy who preaches and then, you know, kind of disseminates beyond that. It's very corporate, I think. Yeah. I think you see that budding out of a more corporate American style church um, rather than one that is more family-ish oriented. Right. Totally. Like we see ourselves as a church family. We come to celebrate with each other. As a family. As a family. Yeah. and I think when you get to those large, large churches, it becomes more of like, I mean, you're a business essentially. Yeah. yeah you're, you're hitting on different levels here. There's the the mega church model that has its limitations. Mm-hmm. There's the satellite campus model, which has even more limitations in terms of mm-hmm. this dynamic between sheep and shepherds. And I'm talking about those levels because I personally, I have not seen very small churches doing the satellite campus thing. Like no. to do satellite campus, you have to be a large church. Yeah, part of that's resources. Right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm hitting on that particular level. Yeah, and there's something about the preaching moment too that's mm-hmm. really significant here when you talk about um, a pastor preaching to a people. Mm-hmm. Uh, as one who preaches almost every Sunday, the, there is an importance of the Holy Spirit working in me to communicate to the people right in front of me at that particular moment. Now, Mm. is the Holy Spirit, Lord willing, working in me throughout the week as I, as I prep and as I write? Absolutely. I'm asking God to help me every step of the way. Right. But in that moment, is there something more going on than me just communicating a message? Mm -hmm. So I, this is coming to my mind. So I've preached as well at our church, but I'm a novice. So usually when I go up there, I'm nervous. I'm sweating. Yeah, yeah. I stick to <laughs> the beads are falling down your forehead and down <laughs> you your know, nose. I do. I do a manuscript because um, it really helps me stay on track. And yeah. but I stick pretty strictly to that manuscript. Yeah. You know, I try to do eye contact, but I'm I'm a rookie at it. Yeah. Has there been times as someone that's more experienced where you're preaching your message and you make that eye contact with you know one of our members in the congregation and you're like. What am I about to say? This is for you. Like, you know, that sort of instinctually has that ever happened? Yeah. So the way I approach preaching, which is, which again, pushes back against, you know, someone, someone you're watching that's being, that's preaching to you from a screen is that there are times when I'm preaching and I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to nail in a particular point for the entire congregation. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I try my level best not to think of individuals. Sure. Um, I never want to pick on people, you know, not in a a good or bad way, right? Right. That's just not how I roll. Even in my sermon prep, Mm -hmm. I'm not like, Ooh, this point's really gonna really meant for that person, you know? Um, and I think there's Logan needs to hear this. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And usually here's the case. Like if Logan needs to hear this, there's five other guys around him who need to hear this as well. Or, you know, but I can't tell you every Sunday, almost every Sunday I'm in my manuscript because I do manuscript as well. And I'm off and I'm off manuscript several times a sermon because it, it, the Holy Spirit is moving me to, to communicate something extra or even something new mm-hmm. uh, in that particular moment. And do you think some of that can be like even reading the crowd? Yeah. You know, I think there's some aspects of that. I think really good public speakers know how to like sort of Certainly. read their crowd and see yeah. that. And you lose that, I think, when you're. Oh, totally. When you're doing it over the screens, because your uh, your crowd is now a camera. Yeah, that camera does not emote. It does not emote. And its that... attention's fantastic. Never looks away. <laughs> but but the emotional aspect. I'm glad you brought that up because that's really important as well. Um, like the emotion that a pastor puts into it, and one who receives it. Going back to Calvin, the word mm. that is preached and heard, 
is really important. And I'm going to be level with you, man. Like and you, you hit this earlier from like a mega church perspective and a little bit from the satellite perspective, but does that guy who's preaching to you from a screen know you? Right. Does he? If he doesn't, then I'm going to ask you to think well about what you're engaging and what you really think church is all about. Right. You know, I'm well aware that as you know, Lord willing, we continue to grow as a church that those pastoral connections are maintained and that that's a priority for us. Right. And that goes also to the importance of having multiple elders. Yeah, exactly. Cause Plurality. one guy can't do it all. Correct. Um, and, and the importance that everyone who is an elder is able to teach first Timothy three, Titus one, right? You that's, that's, the distinguishing qualification from the diaconate and deacons called to serve, right? And one, one could also say prayer and the teaching of the word for eldership. All right. So I think to really get down to the point. So we've, we've already talked about um, we do not consider you streaming a church from your living room, streaming a service from your living room. That's not church. Yeah. And that's, and frankly, that's low hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's maybe not as obvious to everyone to be fair, but. I think it's a very solid argument to say it's not church. Online church is not church. So now we're talking about this ca- satellite campus. They come in together. They're worshiping together. They take mm. the sacraments together. Yeah. Okay. They mainly just stream in one pastor for the actual sermon. Is it a church? Yes or no? I think it is a church with a bunch of limitations and a disease. I think there are more dangers to issues of cult personality um, than not. And I think if a person thinks well about being a pastor and the implications of being a pastor, like if you read your your Bible and you're reading what 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 is God calling me to do as a shepherd of sheep, if you want to use that metaphor, and just if you soak in that metaphor, you'll see as one who preaches and then a screen is projected, that there are some things being betrayed mm-hmm. within this model. Yeah. Now, am I saying there isn't a place for it? There could be. I mean, one would think underground churches. Sure. Uh, let's say you know if you go, if you meet as a church and uh, you're basically gonna get killed. Like there are places in this world where that's the case. Churches are simply just outlawed. Right. It's against the law to meet. Mm-hmm. And so you and a bunch of buddies gather together to watch. You know, John Piper, excuse John Piper because yeah. I mentioned him. You, know, you you watch one of his sermons, right? I think there's a place for that. Use NordVPN so they Nord don't VPN. <laughs> Express VPN. Oh, Express VPN. Yeah. Sorry. There's just two of them, right? I so see, many sponsorships that we don't get. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm really careful not to, to say, you know, sweeping remarks like no, but especially in America, especially in America, where you can find a solid local church that gathers where your pastor preaches right in front of you, that is available to you. You should not be going to a satellite campus. Yeah. Just like uh, Redemption Hill Church at the Radiant Elementary School. At the what school? Radiant Elementary School. Yeah. Yeah. Go to that one. Yeah. Yeah. Go to that one. <laughs> That's usually a little plug. Yeah. You're sponsored by. Wait, we're the people <laughs> we're, who go we there. We sponsor ourselves. <laughs> and I know that sounds harsh to some, and I get that, especially after COVID. Um, but here would be my challenge. Go back and read God's word. Understand the, the pastor and then uh, member dynamic or sheep shepherd dynamic. And then begin to draw some conclusions. Don't do not do the satellite church thing because it's easy. Right? Uh, don't do the online church because it's easy. Uh, convenient. Like Americans are so... I mean, we, are, we love convenience and we hate being inconvenienced. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Shoot. I mean... I'm thinking about Amazon because it's it's Black Friday now. We just talked about you know Thanksgiving yeah. yesterday. Amazon and their two day shipping. That used to be like the biggest like cool thing. I could buy yeah. something and it'll be to my two doorstep days. in two days. Yeah. But now in like 2021, it's like I don't want Amazon two day shipping. I want Amazon now. No, I, know. I want to be able to like press buy and have it materialize in my hand. Yeah. That's how much we want convenience. And we've imported that into our church. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, for some folks, when it comes to that pastoral dynamic, uh, sheep shepherd dynamic, they, they don't, they want the distance for whatever reason, you know, they don't want to be known. 
and I would encourage you to like, no, actually press in. If you're truly trying to walk in what's biblical, mm-hmm. uh, find a community that has all the elements of worship. Yeah. We're not saying you have to be friends with everybody in your no, church. No, no. Like I'm the type of person, like I keep a pretty small group of very close friends yeah. and then acquaintances along sure, the way. Absolutely. And if that's what you need to do, that's what you need to do. Yeah. yeah. My answer to the question, I'm just going to insert that. Stop yeah. looking at the clock. How dare you? No, no, no. Good. I'll talk as long as I want. <laughs> um, Land the plane, Logan. Never. I'm going to agree with you. I think it's a church. I think you can say that it is a church. Extremely flawed church. A flawed church. Yeah, one that extremely is extremely flawed church. And I would go so far <laughs> to say one that is undervalue, undervaluing the campus pastor. Yeah. Totally, dude. Totally. You're not good enough. So we're going to stream this guy that guy. Up. We're going to stream that guy. Yeah. And that's insulting. Or, or, you know, we don't want to take time to train you up in this in this particular area mm-hmm. and see if you're gifted in, in preaching right. God's word. And also it's like so with satellite churches, um, you know, you have a you have the church and two satellite churches. That's not one church, that's three different churches. Yeah. And each of them need a pastor. Mm-hmm. They need a preacher. They need a each of them need a plurality of elders that know live and breathe their local congregation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and if you are just streaming someone in, you are undervaluing the men that are already there that should be placed to lead you. 100%. And you're undervaluing, I think, the preaching of God's word as well. In the sense that it only can come from that particular voice who's really popular and prominent and whatever the cult of personality. Mm-hmm. I think that undervalues God's word. Like it can come from other people as well. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to be honest. I have my favorite preachers. I love John Piper. Yeah. I love Vody yeah. Bauckham. Yeah. Yeah. I I like John MacArthur. I won't put him in my love category. Okay. Um, yeah, and, I got guys I listen to as well. Yeah. And enjoy. no offense to you, they they're, yeah, they're better it. preachers. Yeah. But they don't care for me. Yeah. They can't be for there for me. Mm-hmm. They can't shepherd my soul. Yeah. You know. And you that's know why they're not my pastors. Yeah. Yeah. That's important, man. That's so important. Because it is true that a, uh, a pastor preaching, part of it is shaped by his congregation. Like We go mm-hmm. through books of the Bible, and certainly it's shaped by the Word of God. And when you're preparing, one of the questions I'm sure is on your mind is, what does this? What does God have to say to these people? To, my, to, to, these people? to these people that I'm going to be in front of. And you know what? I'm going to be held accountable for. Right, like we're a confessional church, like we mentioned at the very beginning, and part of the reason why we're confessional is that it keeps me accountable. And who keeps me accountable? The church. Mm-hmm. And so that accountability looks so much different, if at all, when you have when you pipe in the screen preaching. Right. So, man, we needed to get that off our chest, didn't we? Yeah. So cathartic. Yeah, it is kind of cathartic. Well, everyone, thanks for listening, and uh, hopefully, Logan and I can get back into a rhythm and routine of delivering some quality podcast, quality po- content, just trying to bridge between, you know, theology and culture, help us to think well about the various dynamics that are going on, especially as culture continues to change, mm-hmm. which makes topics pretty fresh. Right. Don't you think? Never going to run out. Yeah. Uh, There's any bo- always going to be something on the horizon. Any books you're reading lately? Um, no. Not, not at, at the all. moment. I am reading... Just not like books that you would consider books. Okay. Because uh, I'm a nerd. You're a nerd? I'm a nerd. I love my video games and I've been reading oh, you're video manga. Game yeah, not me. Yeah. Do you even know what manga is? Manga? Manga. Is it a swear word? No. Oh. Oh my goodness, you're old. I don't know. It's a manga. <laughs> you know anime? Well, only because you told me about it one time. Manga's the Britain version of anime. What? With pictures. Okay. Uh, I'll educate you. Well, I'm reading, uh, not that you asked or anyone cares. I just got done reading a quick read, Men and Women in the Church by Kevin DeYoung. Fantastic book. It really got me thinking about anthropology, you know, not necessarily in terms of this podcast, but just in general. Um, great book. Also, Rejoice and Tremble by Michael Reeves. It's ministering to my soul. And that's a fantastic book as well. The Authoritarian Moment. I'm in mm-hmm. the middle of that one as well. So I usually am in three or four. You know, one's usually culturally related and then, you know, biblically related and theologically related. So am I going to get more church discipline for my uh, reading choices? Or? <laughs> uh, you love comics, don't you? Or whatever that's called. Ma- Mongo? They're basically Mamba? comics, yeah. Mamba? Mongo? Mongo. I'll get lynched by a different group of people for uh, calling them comics, but yeah, they're really? basically okay. comics. <laughs> 
Well, thanks everyone for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, give us five stars and Apple Podcasts. And if you disagree, oh, leave let comments. Us know. Oh, yeah, totally. we want to know. Yeah, totally. Here's the thing: uh, there's only one being that is infallible, and it's not us. Not us. Not me. Not Logan. So, if you have any comments, questions, pushback, go ahead and put that in the comment section or whatever you're reading, or you can go to cornfieldtheology.com and um, and you can put in comments there as well. Also, if you want to receive um, information whenever, whenever a blog drops put your email at cornfieldtheology.com at the bottom of the page and that'll hit your inbox whenever it goes we're also on spotify and then the lesser uh, avenues of listening amazon prime and uh, google no one uses google what are these google podcasts yeah google podcasts yeah nobody uses that but if you happen to be using it let us know yeah <laughs> it'd be fun i think less people use amazon yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean people use amazon prime for their maybe watching shows or but and ordering that's about it like uh, uh invincible never heard of it oh my goodness okay well i need to get up get caught up on culture with logan here so we're gonna let you go thanks everyone for listening god bless peace out thanks for listening to cornfield theology mm-hmm.